It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, for 31 years, WSB Radio's Clark Howard and the Georgia Division of Family and Children's Services has made sure that every child in Georgia's foster care system has at least one gift on Christmas Day. Traditionally, shoppers attend Clark's live events in Walmart locations in the metro Atlanta area to purchase gifts from the child's wish list. But Commissioner, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this year's campaign is all virtual and DECAL is very happy to be a part of it. We are. We're always happy to support children since we are, you know, a child serving agency uh, focused on early care and learning. And we're happy to be a part of it again this year. I I know we'll talk about it later, but DECA always comes to the table to, to serve children. And I think we have 24 children that we'll be providing gifts for this year. I was going to say, we must have done a decent job yeah. last year because they've upped our number. I love that. They're, they're we, always ha- we always get more from our staff than we actually request. And so it's, it's really nice to see all the gifts that they load into the governor's office or to the warehouse um, on behalf of our decal team. I wish we had some pictures we could show you on a podcast because the the pictures are always great. And I love watching our team. They get so excited and they kind of one up each other. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but it's kind of like, oh, well, you got that. That's pretty nice. (laughs) I'm going to go and up that a little bit. That's right. Get a little something bigger. Joining us to talk about this year's Clark's Christmas Kids, one of our favorite events uh, of the year is Allison Setterland, director of our Head Start Collaboration Office here at DECAL, who, uh, along with Liz Young and Carrie Ashby, is coordinating our participation in the program. And what would it be but a podcast like this without WSB consumer expert Clark Howard talking about this great program? Folks, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank so, you. Clark, 31 years. My goodness, that is hard to believe. Let's go back and get you to explain how this all began and how did you get together with our friends at Defects? So when it started, like so many endeavors, it was pretty chaotic, informal. And I want to take you back in the Wayback Machine, because (laughs) if you go back to 1991, people used to shop at these things called malls. I don't know if you've heard of them. (laughs) Yeah but they were the heart and soul of how people shopped in the United States. And so this young woman in what we call in radio, the promotions department said, you know, we should be doing something for uh, Christmas. We should do some kind of toy collection. So she contacted several of the malls and we went for a week to a different mall each day across Metro Atlanta And we collected a van full of toys after a week. And we thought, man, this is really great. (laughs) And we donated them to the Salvation Army as a program called Angel Tree. And uh, so that's how the first year started. And then the second year, uh, we did the five days. But instead of a, a van load, we needed a box truck. And we were onto something here that people were really into it. Well, after that second year, 
we got a call from someone with the governor's office saying, you know, we don't want to poach on the Salvation Army, but we have a special need that we wanted to meet with you about. So we had a meeting with some people from the governor's office, and this is terrible. One of you can can go in the Wayback Machine and tell me. I don't even remember who the governor was. In I was yeah, I didn't want to put you on the spot. I was going to ask that question. We'll have to look I it no, up. I, I, we could look that up. I mean, what, what year What year was it? 1993. Okay, I'll Zell work Miller, on that. It? Was it Zell? Okay, it's yeah. Be Zell. Well, let's see. The pre-K program started in '92, yeah. right? Um, and he was governor. So yeah, I think it was Zell Miller. So anyway, we we had this meeting, and they explained about uh, that foster children generally did not get gifts Christmas morning, and uh, what a what a bummer it was for them to be in the Christmas season, not be with their families, and not get gifts. And I was hooked. I mean, I was absolutely hooked on that. And so starting with uh, December 93, we partnered with um, the, uh, I don't, was it called DFACS then? I think it was a different name then. Anyway, the Foster, Foster Child Program in the state of Georgia, whatever it was called in the bureaucracy in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> and we, at first, kind of split the difference. We were collecting for foster children in a handful of counties, and we were still uh, working with the Salvation Army. And we continued to, to collect for both till uh, 2011, I think. And then there was a change of staff at the Salvation Army, and we went all in with Georgia's foster children 2011 forward. So we had done it um, for a long time from 93 forward, but it was like the full meal deal mm-hmm. starting 2011. That well, the goal became to see that every child in foster care of the state of Georgia have gifts to open Christmas morning. Whether they came from us or a county's own effort, we wanted to see that every single child had gifts. Right. It would not surprise me, uh, and I do think the, the checking into the the history here that it was Zell Miller. He's very convincing, as we all recall, and uh, pretty convincing, you know, and had a big impact on us because uh, without Zell Miller, we probably wouldn't be here today. He came up with the pre-K program, which is a major part of our work. But uh, that that's great, and yeah, probably a different name for defects because it has changed a few times. I think, uh, Commissioner, over the years, yeah. Yes, it has probably a different name, but all the same kids we're, we're trying to serve. So right. this year, Clark, you're hoping to collect 8,000 gifts. Does that correlate with the number of children that are currently in Georgia's foster care program? Actually, multiply that times three. We're going to collect 24,000 gifts oh, wow. for 8,000 children. Okay. So uh, we want every child to be able to, we give them a wish list that has category A, which is a pretty expensive gift. Category B, a mid-price gift, and Category C, a low-price gift. And the idea is that uh, generous souls who can donate come from all different levels of means and may have good resources, may have meager resources, but they all want to help. So they can buy a single gift for one child, or they can buy two or three gifts, or they can buy for multiple children. And I find that um, people generally it doesn't necessarily correspond to how much income you think they have. There are people who just really love this and dig deep in their wallet to help out Georgia's foster kids. 
And we have people who've come back year after year after year after year, going way back into the 90s and have participated all through the years. And uh, truth be told, there are some people that are really bummed that we can't do it in person. And our intention was to do in person this Christmas, you know, last Christmas we couldn't because of COVID raging. But the reason we can't is an after effect of COVID and that's the supply chain disruptions. We just didn't feel confident that people could go in the stores on the days we were gonna be in the stores and have the inventory of gifts that a child or children had asked for. And we didn't want people to come in and you know, generous souls pour their heart and wallet out and then they couldn't do the match game with a child and a gift. So by doing it online, we're able to get the toys uh, as we need to for each child as we get the money. And that's why this year is online only. You know, I, I do have to say as a listener and uh, and having worked at WSB for a little while, one of the great things about the, the visits to the stores is that you do interview a lot of, of these folks that come back in year after year. And those are always touching stories. And then you have a variety of special guests from Channel 2, uh, from the sports world, uh, a, a lot of our good friends that kind of pitch in. And, um, and and it was a lot of fun to tune into. You know, on your way home, you'd usually do it in drive time. And um, it would be a little dark uh, on the way home because of the time change. And yet you could tune in and hear these heartwarming stories. It made you want to go to the Walmart, despite the fact that the traffic around those places was crazy <laughs> because exactly. everybody was coming to see it. Well, so, you know, the one thing that uh, that we discovered last year, you know, necessities of the mother of invention, when we had to go online, we had a force multiplier we did not anticipate. And that is, I think we got donations from all 50 states, hmm. or not all 50, nearly all 50. And we're fully up front that this is for foster children in Georgia. And the money just poured in from all over America because people, we have such a giving spirit in America. And you tell people this is for children. They're like, man, I'm in. <laughs> Wherever they are. We're just happy right. to be a part of it. I love that. So um, we are going to be online uh, this year. And um, kind of walk us through. You, you have sort of told us exactly what to do. But we go to the website. Is that? Um, yeah, it's Clark's. It's Clark'sChristmasKids.com. And so when you go to Clark'sChristmasKids.com, you can pick out a child by age. So if you're like, if you have a nine-year-old, you want to buy a gift for a nine-year-old, you can go do that. You can pick out a boy or a girl, you see his or her name, and you see what three gifts they want. And so to take care of the average child's full list is $150. And that's going to be, it's funny because you think $150, but if you go shopping for toys, <laughs> You know, toys are pretty expensive. And this year, again, because of the supply chain disruptions and the inflation that we're having generally in the economy, um, we're having to really work at it to fulfill the wish list with the money that's going to come in because the price points are higher. I mean, any of us who've gone out in the shop for any electronics right now or anything like that, we see how much the prices are up. And so it's it's going to... 
take a little more work this year to thread that needle. But, you know, we're going to do it because of all our wonderful elves that are going to donate, going to shop, that are going to deliver these toys. And so we're going to make it happen. Well, Clark, I think one of the things that makes it even more special that maybe people don't understand um, is that you actually were purchasing these things that those specific children ask for. It's not just a toy for a nine-year-old. It's the toy that that nine-year-old is asking Santa to deliver and um, hoping for for his Christmas and his foster home. And so I think just... Um, you know, we had on one of our lists, uh, a little girl who asked for a doll and, um, and our, our, you know, our team's question was, well, what color is her hair? What color are her eyes? Cause we want to get a doll that she really wants, you know, um, how, and, and, and that just goes to just how special it is. And I think it's always nice to donate to a good cause, but when you, when you feel like you're really purchasing something that, a, that a child who's been through a rough season of their childhood really asked for and you're getting to deliver that very specific gift and to get what you want and not just what someone hands you it's so important to children experiencing you know the trauma of separation from their families at, at the holidays so I just think it's amazing I love that part of this and you know that happened that kind of emerged 25 years ago where we started um doing the lists where the kids got to pick what they wanted. And it was a game changer because it made such a difference with our donations because it made this magical connection with people that no longer was it just some generic kid, some generic toy coming. You knew the child's name. You knew how old he or she was. And you knew what that child had asked Santa for. And that's the point at which uh, Clark's Christmas Kids took off like a rocket when we did that, because that's so rare with any program for Christmas, collecting donations for children. Well, you've definitely made it easy. You've made it very personalized, um, which is really special about it. But what about those folks that just don't want to go online or they don't want to go to the wish list? Can they make a monetary donation? And your elves can maybe make it more personalized with their money. <laughs> I'll take all the money you want to give me. <laughs> you give me whatever. And we will do what we call for undesignated or unassigned. So if somebody does not uh, get around to taking care of, you know, 14-year-old Lucy or 16-year-old John or whatever, we then take the money that people donate who just want to give us the money and let us put it to work. And we fulfill the wish of a child that no one else has fostered yet. We use all those terms, fostered, adopted, right. whatever, for the day. Right, right. Uh, well, Allison, Governor Kemp has asked every state agency to get involved this year. We've signed up uh, to sponsor 24 children, as the commissioner said. What are our plans here at DECAL? And uh, our team is listening attentively. We know they love these podcasts. How can they get involved? Well, I, I just think it's a great partnership. DECAL is always uh, steps in when a sister agency um, is, is doing something special. We want to be part of it, not just because we respect our, our, our fellow Georgians' work, but because especially children in foster care are our children, too. Our CAPS program prioritizes 
children uh, in foster care for our services. We have um, Head Start prioritizes children in those programs. And we work a lot with the Early Childhood Division at DFACS um, to ensure that all of those children entering into foster care are in our quality rated preschool program. So there's a, there's a, there are kids too. And, um, and I think that's really evident in the way DECAL um, came together really quickly this year. We got our list recently and um, rallied our troops. And honestly, it's not easy to get um, a bunch of people on a, a Zoom call in less than 12 hours. But we literally sent out the all call, asked for our head elves for each of our divisions to be nom you know, named. And within about a day, we were on a Zoom call distributing the children's names, their wish list. Um, and those um, head elves of each of the divisions are in charge of um, collecting, uh, you know, the monetarily from our each division, and they each have about three to make. I think our biggest division um, has maybe four children on the list, and they get to go shopping. And we've already had so many questions about, can I get this or can I get this? So it, it with it, within days they've had it done, and we'll be. Um, Anything extra above and beyond, because we, we never just collect $150. When you have 800 people in an agency, we're definitely going to give more than what was asked. That's just who we are. Um, so anything extra, because we are your early childhood champions, we're, we're going to purchase um, uh, box sets of books and extra chapter books for older kids, um, early picture books for younger children any educational items that we think a foster family would appreciate having on hand when they have those kids come through. And then of course, gift cards and other things that maybe our older kids would appreciate. So we, we will go over and above um, and we're, but we, um, we're gonna meet at the office in about uh, right after Thanksgiving and um, Carrie Ashby, uh, you know, Santa's uh, helper and Liz Young, who's our amazing decal organizer of all these special events, um, will be putting tags on things, shoving them in our cars um, and driving them over with giddy with excitement in our Santa clothes to deliver them to the warehouse on time. So um, decal's excited. We're on board. We had zero trouble getting everyone on uh, talking about herding cats. We we pulled this together really quick because that's who we are as a staff, and we're excited to serve um, this specific mission this year. And we're always supportive of, of Clark and not what he's doing for children in foster care. Well, you know, Clark yeah. mentioned they started with a van, moved to a box truck. You should see these three ladies <laughs> trying to get these packages in their cars. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Hey, even we're know professional if it, shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to do this. I don't know we're if like it's Ninja. safe. We know how to <laughs> I really question whether it's safe. That's the main thing. There are more gifts in there. You do not need to see out your rearview mirror. Just you just need to go. Just get That's there. Right. Just get there. That's right. Get there safely with the gifts. Exactly. Well, Clark, when you think back on 31 years of Clark's Christmas kids, are there any memories that stand out for you? I would say what I remember the most. Uh, I'll tell you something funny, and then I'll tell you something serious. I, re I remember the years we had to fight off snow. And I remember one year we were uh, at a Walmart in Conyers and 
we had this big crowd and we can't see anything out of where I'm broadcasting. And the crowd keeps thinning. And I'm like, what's going on? They said, well, we're having uh, snow. And I'm like, yeah, snow in Atlanta. What is it like? Just a few flakes. <laughs> well, I lived in town in Atlanta. And by the time we finished our broadcast, we had nobody there donating. And I go outside and there's snow everywhere. And it took me hours and hours and hours to get home. And then uh, another year, like five years ago, six years ago, we had three snow outs in a weekend. And we had to go into overtime for Christmas kids. And I mean, wow. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, what I remember the most over all the years are when adults who are in foster care come and buy for these kids. And when they tell their stories, I mean, my goodness, and how much it meant to them. But there's one woman who um, lived in Atlanta for a while who came year after year after year who had been in foster care in the state of Arizona. And she was uh, in foster care with a family in the suburb of Phoenix. And they had no program like this. And one year on Christmas Day, all the foster kids in the state of Arizona got umbrellas. Well, if you know, it never rains in Arizona. <laughs> and so she talked about that. Is that was the that's like getting socks? <laughs> What's that? That's like getting socks. That's like when Grandma gives you socks for Christmas. <laughs> exactly. And so she that's that was her motivation for coming in and buying gifts for specific children, buying them what they wanted was because that hurt her so much as a child that nobody really thought about her or any of the other kids. And they said, we've got to do something for them. So, oh, there are these surplus umbrellas and giving (laughs) kids that for Christmas. And I remember the pain in her eyes when she would talk about that, but then the joy she had about paying it forward, or is that an expression people still use? Paying it forward to kids that are in foster care now to see that they have a completely different experience than she had. And that's just one of many of a variety of stories that I would hear from people who have been in foster care. And this program speaks to them so much, and they wanted to be part of making a difference. And so that, to me, is so important. And we know how hard the road is for people who go through foster care as a child. And the other nice thing was to hear people's stories about how they emerged from that and how they went forward with a full, happy life. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's really, a lot of people want to do something, especially at the holidays when you feel that sense of giving even more, um, but they don't know what to do or who, you know, how to do it. And so I love that we're just giving them a very specific way a very specific opportunity to help a very specific child. And then to just uh, think of the, I mean, even you, you should have heard our elves from decal who participated last year as the elves, they still remember the names of their kids from last year that they bought gifts for. And they wondered how they were doing. I hope she played with that 
dog, I looked all over for that doll that peed in the diaper, you know, uh, and they, you know, they, they, they just kept um, remembering. And it's like, it's just to, for these kids in foster care to know that they're being held in someone's heart, you know, and that someone really cared to do that. And I think oftentimes we just assume that they're getting what they need. Um, but you're giving a very specific, uh, lovely way to be able to support them. And I think it helps the giver just as much as it will the receiver. You know, we want to pause and remember uh, a good friend of ours, Donna Pettigrew Jackson, who worked both at DECAL and at DFACS and for so many years helped coordinate this program on the DFACS side. I remember when she came to DECAL, uh, one of the stipulations was she wanted to continue to work on Clark's Christmas Kids, um, and it meant so much to her. And Donna passed away last June, and uh, we think about her often, but especially at this time of year. And uh, Clark, talk about a great volunteer. Uh, she absolutely loved this program. She looked forward to it every year, worked her tail off, even as she was suffering from cancer. She never betrayed that in her effort or enthusiasm or her energy. And, um, you know, I could tell last time she was just not feeling well and didn't have her normal reservoir of energy, but she was there. And she meant so much to me that, uh, that she cared about every single one of the children. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but when we build our habitat homes coming up in January, one of the homes is going to be dedicated in her memory. Mm. Oh wow, that's great. She uh, Donna worked oh, nice. with uh, former Commissioner Bobby Cagle, um, and uh, as often these things happen, um, when he went back to Defects, um, she went with him, and so that was part of the deal we didn't like. Uh, we we wish Bobby well; it was great. But why did that, did he have to take Donna? <laughs> it was we love Donna. And uh, so, yeah, uh, I think about her a lot. And she was mm -hmm. so proud, not not in a uh, boastful way, but just in a humble servant's heart way of the role she got to play uh, in Clark's Christmas Kids. She talked about the work. She talked about, you know, how much went into it. But gosh, so much joy uh, mm -hmm. on her face when she talked about it. So uh, we do think about uh, her. Uh, especially this time of year. Uh, Clark, do other businesses and organizations get involved uh, each year? I know St. Vincent de Paul helps you distribute some of the gifts. Right. So they handle the logistics behind the curtain. And then we have so many different businesses that just on their own decide to get involved in all different phases of what we do with Christmas gifts. It's just absolutely amazing because we don't do this like... Um, like some other charitable events work where companies get mentions in return for doing things or anything like that. We do, this is completely organic and pure that the companies that get involved do it because they want to, that this speaks to them, that their employees love it. And what I love is when a non-management employee goes to the leadership of a company and says, Hey, I got to tell you about this thing. We got to get involved. And and it many times will rise up from down an organization that people get involved. And I think that's awesome because usually things happen in the hierarchy from up top, they come down. But Christmas kids, because of the way we've always done it, people come from every walk of life, every direction, 
and the companies get involved so many different ways. Mm-hmm. As do as do schools, school classes, um, uh, churches, all kinds of religious organizations. They just do it because they think it's really cool. Right. Well, like Allison said, I think most people look for opportunities like this. They just want to make sure that it's going to a good cause that, you know, people are following through. And, and this is meaningful. You know, you want to do something meaningful. Yeah. And not yeah. just generic. And this definitely meets that criteria. So, yeah, if you're uh, this is early on, um, you know, in November still. Although time is ticking and you know how the holidays are, it seems to just catch up with you pretty quickly. Uh, get involved and uh, go to Clark's Christmas Kids um, to, uh, to play your part. Well, we can't have the nation's top consumer advocate on the podcast and not ask a couple of consumer-related questions. Clark, I hope you don't mind. Uh, We mentioned the supply chain challenges. I think we're hearing it all over the place, the news, the radio, everywhere. We talked about it already this morning. Uh, We're facing those right now. Is that going to be the Scrooge or the Grinch of Christmas 2021? What is your take on that, Clark? Depends on you and how you approach it. This is a time, you know, in life, if you're rigid, then a lot of times you face disappointment. And the supply chain disruptions are out of our control. They're out of any nation's control. I mean, this is a worldwide thing. And so flexibility is key to not letting Grinch have this Christmas. That You just have to flex and Uh, what you want. Don't get fixated on, I got to have this particular toy. I was reading a story about the Sony PlayStation 5 that's been this ultra sought after item. And Sony, because of the chip shortage, has not been able to produce them. And people are like going crazy. And the prices online secondhand are bidding way up above what they are firsthand. You know what? Just play with a different game player until the supply chain lessons. I mean, that's the key is that uh, when we become hyper-focused that we've got to have this, we've got to do that, we've got to do the other, that's what sets us up for disappointment in life. The more that we find the joy or the spontaneity of like, well, I came in wanting this, but look at this cool thing. This would be fine. And so if you can approach life that way, just in general, then it's just water rolling off your backs. You know, the example I give is the supermarket. When we go in the supermarket and we're looking for this particular thing, and this even goes back pre-pandemic, and they're sold out or they don't have it, you flex, you come up with something else. Or if you go in there and you want this fruit or vegetable and you're looking at the price and you're like, that's crazy, I'm not paying that. And you see this other fruit or vegetable on sale, you buy it. So it's all on us how we deal with things in life that are out of our control. So uh, it's not been a big deal for me. Yeah. And if 2020 Maybe wasn't the year to, to learn that. Not be too specific on their list. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Just make a generic list this year, guys. Just like a general thing. Like I want blocks, but don't tell me what kind of blocks. Let's just let Santa surprise you. With there what, you go. Uh, what, what's saying is good. Embrace the unexpected. I mean, that's what Christmas was always supposed to be about, getting something special. Nice, yeah. um, my kids were always so disappointed if they got exactly, like if they 
they would be like, well, where's the surprise? You, you, this is what you ask for and this is what you get. So now they don't ask for anything while they're teenagers, but uh, they, they love just to don't ask for anything because she'll surprise you with something that you didn't, you didn't know you wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, going through COVID-19 and the Delta variant, talk about learning how to be flexible. We definitely have done that in 2020, but we hear about uh, serious staffing shortages across all kinds of businesses and industries, definitely the childcare uh, industry. Are you seeing any improvement in that area? And, and what's your advice to businesses trying to recruit? I mean, it is really hard. And what's known as the quit rate is the highest it's ever been. Uh, and since they started keeping a stat like that just last month, because the opportunity right now for employees in most any business is the best it's ever been to go out there and essentially shop their services, their labor to someone else. And so what businesses will have to do is they'll have to change, adapt how they do business and they'll need to use automation They'll need to, for the employees that they'll need, they'll need to pay them more. And we're seeing this already. As an example, I was at Sam's Club this past weekend. And you check out, if you wish, on the app. So I come to the front and the lines are really, really long because they've been having a sale going on. So I go on the app and I barcode my own items, check myself out, pay on the app, go to the door, show the app and leave. And we're going to see a lot more of that. This is, we're going to move so far beyond Mm -hmm. what we had with self-checkout registers where we're going to ultimately have shopping carts that read the items as you put them in the cart and you'll just be able to walk out. Amazon has the experimental thing that they're getting better and better at where they have six stores around the country where you don't have to do anything other than you take the item off the shelf, it registers right to your Amazon account. And when you walk out the door, you're charged for the items that are in your basket. Hmm. And so we're going to see all kinds of labor saving things go on, particularly in restaurants and retail. But then a lot of places that we don't see it, the factory floor, warehousing, so many things is with an aging population in the United States, All the pandemic did was speed up something that was already happening. I was at a a seminar six years ago where they were talking about the demographic time bomb coming in the United States, where we're going to have this big labor shortage, particularly in service-oriented jobs. And all the pandemic did was put it on fast forward. So as a business owner, you got to adapt. I'm all on board for the, your cart scanning your item. I love that idea. Isn't <laughs> I, I can, it awesome? That would save me so much time because I do self-checkout and that would save me a lot of time. I like that, Clark. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that when it's here and I'm going to start using the app. That's a great idea. See, well, I'm, I'm afraid. You just yeah. wouldn't be able to let Charlie and let, you wouldn't let, be able to let your kids uh, well, shop. You be careful. <laughs> so Kroger has an experimental sco- store in Ohio. <laughs> Walmart has one in Texas or Arkansas, I forget which, where you don't have to scan any of your items. They automatically scan as you put them in your cart. So this is like real stuff that will start with the people who've got the deep pockets and then the technology will just spread and we'll lose some of that personal touch. Yeah. I mean, but think about restaurants. 
I was um, in the airport, in Atlanta airport, and they're facing enormous staff shortages in the airport. And I went to a, a restaurant there when my flight was delayed. And you do your own order on your phone. When you get there, you put in your table number, you do the order, you pay your for your food on there. And normally who would be your server would come take your order and all that and you know cash you out at the end. All they do is food run now. So instead of having like six people on the floor, they only had two, but everybody got served. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see so much of that. And, um, but again, you lose some of that personal human interaction with that. Right. right. That's true. Well, it is the holiday season and many retailers have turned Black Friday into a month long event. What is your take on that? And when should we look for the best holiday bargains? So, This trend started unfolding four years ago. And again, it's another thing that the pandemic intensified. The whole thing with shopping Black Friday, Black Friday weekend, all that um, was inefficient for us, inefficient for the retailers. And so now the sales go on in little bits, each retailer doing their thing, typically for three-day cycles, they're doing sales. So you'll see that a retailer will do Um, three different three-day events through the month of November instead of one weekend event for Black Friday. And that's so much better for us and for them because it's easier to staff that. And it means that you don't have to do the Dumbo or Die thing that people used to do in the wee hours of Black Friday where, well, you go to this store, you're going to buy these two items. I'm driving over there. I'm going to get this item and let's meet. And then we're going to go here, there and everywhere. Now that frenzy is over. And the thing you've got to know is each retailer's patterns of when those deals are. I have a deal site, Clark Deals, and I have a lot of competitors that do this that are posting daily who's got the sales going on that day or that week or that three-day cycle. And so if you just pay attention to that, you're going to be great. Like um, Home Depot just started their big Black Friday sale. And we're a long way from the Friday after Thanksgiving, but their sale has already started. Hmm. And so with all the retailers, they've taken November and it's now Black Friday month, essentially, but on their calendar, not ours. So you've got to know, okay, this is when Lowe's is doing it. This is when Target's doing it. This is when Walmart's doing it. Costco, Sam's Club, all the big boxes are doing their own thing and nobody's lining up the same. So that's why you've got to go to a cheat sheet, like one of these sites, websites that track them for you so that you can get the best deals. One thing not to buy this year, unless you hate your wallet, don't buy a TV this Christmas season. Oh, TVs are the most expensive they've been in forever. Wow. And um, something that was really expensive last year now is overstocked and the prices are going down, down, down. And that's if you need a new laptop or want a new laptop. They're suddenly a real deal. Hmm. Interesting. Good advice. I'm going to tell my husband no TV because Clark said they're too expensive this year. But maybe my kids can get a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) 
and you have two kids, it'd be a great time to get both a lap, both exactly. of them a Perfect. laptop. Maybe even the dog, get them a little laptop there. <laughs> so, you know, for Windows computers, um, there have been a lot of deals for full-featured laptops in the twos, 200 and something bucks. Wow. Um, the MacBooks are still, uh, they're cheaper than they used to be, but they're still really expensive. Um, starting, I think, at $799 on sale for the newest generation Macs. And then the Chromebooks that so many schools use, mm -hmm. those have been $69, $89, and $99. So, I mean, who could imagine? I'm on a Chromebook right now with you that you could buy a full-featured computer for under $100. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Boy, it's all about timing for sure. Yes. All right. So TV, no. Laptop, yes. I'm putting that on my list right now. Um, what right. I heard is we're all getting laptops. <laughs> <laughs> laptops, umbrellas, and socks is what I heard. <laughs> That's not what it's all coming down to. All right. Well, we're going to, we're almost out of time. Not to get too controversial. There's a lot of sensitivity around this, obviously. But as a native Atlantan, Clark, what are your feelings about the pink pig going away this year. <laughs> oh man, I used to ride the pink pig and only my oldest child got to ride the pink pig. The two younger ones never did. Um, it, it's an Atlanta tradition, but you know, it's funny, Reg, it means a lot to those of us who wrote it ourselves, took our kids on it. But um, most people have moved to Atlanta from elsewhere, to Metro Atlanta, and they don't even know what you and I are talking about. I know. They're trying to fit. They think it's a barbecue place or something. They have no idea. <laughs> well, there is, I think there is a barbecue place called the Pink Pig. Okay. Well, maybe to live oh. on. We can all yeah. just go to the, the Pink Pig barbecue. So they could buy the old cars. Or the Richie Bears. Oh, yeah. The Richie Bears. Yeah. Gosh. I still have that sucker. And my mom was like, that is going to give us an allergy attack. But I still have it. <laughs> it, it is funny you know clark and i used to talk about that uh we, we were both born in atlanta and native atlantans and clark i remember said well if you claim to be a native atlantan you have to say where you were born because a lot of people claim that but they they don't you know have a stake in the ground and that's why we would quickly say so i was georgia baptist hospital that was where yeah. i, and that, you I too, was georgia right? where i got my tonsils out is that right <laughs> okay baptist it's, it's Atlanta Medical now, but uh, yeah, there's, there's still a plaque. That I think Clark might have a plaque. I don't think I have one. But uh, yeah, we, we were born at Georgia Baptist Hospital, um, and that's a pretty big deal. Well, uh, we could talk all day. This is amazing information, and uh, of course, Clark's always great. You know, to tune in to uh, uh, 95.5 WSB, and uh, you can find him there all the time or at ClarkHoward.com. We want you to go to ClarksChristmasKids.com and get involved in this year's Clark's Christmas Kids, all virtual uh, this year. You can purchase gifts for a child. Three requested gifts equal about $150, or you can purchase single gifts or make a monetary donation and let Santa and Clark's helpers do the shopping for you. Again, the deadline is December the 10th, and that will be here before you know it. So go ahead, jump on, get involved. We're going to post this as soon as we can to let everybody know about it. Our friends at DFACS have also told us that donations are tax deductible. You can mail 
checks. Yes, there are people that mail checks. I know that's hard to believe. To DFAC Secret Santa, Division of Family and Children's Services, 2 Peachtree Street Northwest, Suite 19-432, Atlanta, Georgia, 30303. We'll try to put that on the uh, podcast notes uh, for you as well, in case uh, you missed it. Well, Clark, uh, a great program. We're so excited to be a part of it. Good luck uh, again this year in getting all the toys plus more uh, that you'll need uh, for Clark's Christmas kids. Thank you very much. Thank and you. I appreciate everybody's enthusiasm and support year after year after year. What an incredible thing. It really is. And the legacy continues. We want to see it continue. How long do you think you'll be doing this, by the way? We haven't uh, asked you that. I have no intention ever to stop doing any of the things I do. You know, if I end up with dementia like my mom had, eventually they'll give me the hook. (laughs) But other than that, I have no intention of ever retiring. I love it. Awesome. So look for year 32, 33, and who knows what the hot item is going to be in the future. Probably, maybe one of those shopping carts uh, that you talked about. But right. uh, Com- Commissioner, I know you're uh, very happy that we're involved again this year and you want to encourage all of our folks to, to play a part. Yep, and we will. We'll, We always show up, and I can't wait to see the cars uh, full of gifts and delivered to the warehouse right on time, all with our Santa hats on. (laughs) All right, 24 children counting on us, so let's get started, Decal. Thanks for your participation. Again, thanks, everybody, for being uh, on the podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day, y'all. from the water cooler. Hey guys, this is Ryan Ringsrud, Decal's Deputy Commissioner for Finance and Administration. I'm here in the Twin Towers in our downtown Atlanta headquarters office. And my question for the commissioner is, how is your favorite college football team doing this season? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryan, um, we cheer for different teams. As you know, I am a loyal Georgia Tech fan. And I've always been a Georgia Tech fan, even though I went to the University of Georgia. Reg, I know you know that. I know. Um, you know, Tech's not doing great this year. They're, they're having a rough season. Um, I, I think they're three and seven. I, it's bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> Every time you think they're going to win a game, they blow it in the fourth quarter. You know, let's just call it a rebuilding year. Their coach is from Conyers, yes. Jeff Collins. Right. Went to Rockdale County High School. Uh, a little bit older than me, so I didn't know him. So, you know, I wish him a lot of luck. He's been there a couple of years. I guess he's still rebuilding. It's hard to rebuild from Paul Johnson because he ran some kind of, I don't know, offense that's old school. And so, you know, those are the players he recruited for that. And so he's still re- – Jeff Collins is still rebuilding. So there's hope in the next few years that they won't be so bad. <laughs> now, so Ryan is our – Obviously, our deputy commissioner of finance and administration. Is he a Georgia fan? Oh, he's a big Georgia fan. Big Georgia fan. So he's happy. I mean, they're undefeated. Good for them. Right. Graduated from Georgia. Yes. Loyal fan. Most everyone's a Georgia fan, you know, except for you, Reg. You're you're Georgia State. I am true Georgia State. 
now, Justin, our producer, is, is an LSU. LSU. I didn't know that about you, Justin. Fan. Uh, but yeah, Georgia State um, has had a, you know, a, a, a pretty good year. It's good. a little bit of rebuilding as well. But, um, uh, you know, in the Sun Belt Conference, we've, we beat Georgia Southern, which is kind of our That's a big deal. arch nemesis. Yeah, we go down there. We beat them there. Uh, we almost beat Auburn which was on our schedule this year came and I was on vacation. Talk about a great vacation. That would have been amazing to be in Panama city and see Georgia state beat um, Auburn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, they came so close, so close. We were leading at halftime. Uh, that was good enough for me. That's close enough. But um, so yeah, it was maybe next year for tech, but uh, it is a loyal following. You've got to mm-hmm. give Georgia tech that they've got a loyal group of uh, fans. Absolutely. I'm loyal. I've been loyal all these years. And sometimes it's real hard to be loyal because they're, they're not really a football school. <laughs> and what was your connection? What made you a tech fan? You know, fan? my dad and my grandparents were just tech fans. I don't know yeah. why I don't have anyone that went to Georgia Tech. Um, my father-in-law was a graduate of tech, but I was a fan long before I met him. So I think, you know, they lived in the Atlanta area. And so they just cheered for Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Still do. Well, better luck next year. That's right. There's always (laughs) next year. (laughs) And it's time for your chance at winning a nice prize. And the decal download quiz will draw one name from all the correct answers received. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. What year is this for Clark's Christmas Kids? What year is this for Clark's Christmas Kids? We'll put all the correct answers to that question in a big box. We'll draw one name and you'll win a very nice prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.